Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with Meredith Whitefield and DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are continuing our ongoing series, Starter Pack for Youth Ministry, and talking about utilizing social media. We are bringing you a series of podcasts designed to be a jumpstart for anyone who might be new to youth ministry or as a kind of a refresher course for those of you that have been around for a while. Uh, we picked eight key topics that come up in a lot of conversations with, with new or even long-term uh, youth uh, ministry practitioners, and we want you to talk about those to help you manage logistics and handle key issues as you develop healthy, sustainable youth ministry. Uh, if you want to know more about what healthy youth ministry looks like, you can go back and listen to our series on the seven practices of healthy youth ministry that we've been putting out uh, once a month for the last seven or eight months. So today we are talking about a topic that if you were to look at a youth ministry manual, say from 20 years ago, there would not have been a chapter or a section about that. And that is, we're going to talk about social media. From Instagram to Snapchat, Facebook to TikTok, there are a variety of platforms out there for you to connect with your young people. And certainly they are doing it peer to peer as well. Today, to help us have that conversation, we have with us Meredith Whitefield. Meredith, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? I serve as the communication specialist in the youth ministry office at the International Center. Um, I started my communication journey um, in college. That was my major. I had no idea what I wanted to do with it, but I wanted to communicate with people. Um, and then in 2013, I served as a YAV for the gathering in San Antonio. And by the grace of God was put on the media team and absolutely fell in love with doing social media um, in a church setting. I kept those connections with some of those team members and um, kind of changed my focus in college of what I really wanted to do. And then I got my first job out of college at St. John Lutheran Church in Cypress, Texas, where I served as the media director for about two and a half years um, before moving up here to St. Louis to serve as a communication specialist. Um, and I have been doing that since 2017. So uh, we all kind of grew up in different times of technology. Uh, Mark, what was your first social media platform? Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting story about that. So uh, my first one was Facebook. Well, actually, actually, to be honest, it was MySpace would actually been my first one. I kind of for, I kind of forget about that one because it's not really around. So I had a I had a MySpace account with my favorite music and all that kind of stuff. But probably the first one I really used a lot uh, was Facebook. And so we were. This is an interesting thing about working for the LCMS and the International Center. We had to write, if you can believe this, a special petition to get to use Facebook in our ministry. We were the first office in the building to say, we think the social media thing is going to be around for a while. So we should probably start thinking about that, changing what websites we can visit um, on our work computers. And so we had to petition that. And that was, that was leading up to the 2010 youth gathering. So it was probably like 2008 or so. And so then Facebook would have been the first one that I spent a lot of time on. How about you, Juliana? Um, so I started on MySpace. Um, but that uh, before that was a very avid user of AOL Instant Messenger all the way through college. That was how we sort of connected before there were really social media spaces. 
God, my space to work with the young people in our in our youth ministry and then and move that over to Facebook. I mean, pretty fairly rapidly after that. I don't think I really cultivated much of a of my space. But um, I I'm always curious. Like, I don't think that profile's still around, so I'm sure it could be. I'm not uh, sure. I actually, I, I got an email a while back that was like reminding me I hadn't updated in a while and to come back and check us out. So that was probably a year or so ago. It was a little scary to go back into that. I, lo and behold, I couldn't remember my password. So it's a little bit of a problem, but I did get an email yeah. about it. Meredith's going to have a totally different answer. <laughs> you know, I really don't. Um, I guess I didn't consider like AOL instant messenger, like um, a social media platform. So I had that from middle school until high school my first big platform was actually facebook and the only reason i got it is because um one of my ap history classes were using like the group feature to talk about homework assignments um and i always felt like i was a really late comer to social media because i didn't get a facebook until 2009. whoa yeah okay yeah so what do you use most often now Ooh, it depends. If you want to say which one I use to post the most content, it would be Twitter. But if you ask what I spend most of my time on, it's probably Instagram and TikTok right now. I'd say for yeah. me, it's probably, it's between Facebook and Twitter. And I'd say Twitter for me, I probably use that kind of like a news feed. Um, and so, and certainly some relational connections, but I'm more checking out like news sites, um, trends, sports things, that type of stuff um, that I follow. And then Facebook's probably more relational for me. And then certainly with work stuff, we do a lot on Facebook with our adult leader page. So I'm on there a lot connecting there. So probably those are my top two. How about you, Juliana? Yeah, I'm on Facebook a lot, mostly for work. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of scrolling there. Um, Twitter and Instagram are probably tied. I do probably a fair amount of, of, I don't do a ton of posting, but a fair amount on both. Uh, I recently got TikTok, like, um, yes. like, <laughs> like four days ago, got TikTok. I'm not sure. Uh, it's, I'm still trying to decide. Um, but trying to decide is taking a lot of time. So it is, it has sucked me in quite rapidly. So we'll see if that sticks or not. Well, that gives me some encouragement because I have not yet to do that. So I got to do that. You have to start by watching TikToks first. And then eventually you'll be like, you know what? Maybe I should download this app. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a lot of interesting. There's a lot of dancing. I don't know if that's just TikTok trying to figure me out still. Uh, algorithm hasn't kicked in yet. But definitely a lot of dancing. <laughs> so what do you see like personally? What is one of the benefits of social media? Or maybe what is one of the pitfalls to social media in your life? Meredith. To me, it's a lot. I can see both sides of benefits and pitfalls. Um, for me, living so far from family, it's a really good way to connect with people, um, my family and my friends from back home, um, and just all the different circles of life, like high school, college, um, and then your professional life. Uh, but a pitfall is just like, it's really easy to get sucked into the social media world and thinking that that's all that matters and what's on it is true. Um, when in reality, that's not the case at all. Um, but I try to stay more on the positive side of like being able to connect and build those relationships and continue those relationships online. 
That's great. How about you, Juliana? Yeah, I, I similarly living uh, far away from my, my family, but then also wanting to kind of keep tabs on on the families and young people and, and adults from my previous congregations, um, previous stages in life. Uh, so Facebook and and Twitter and Instagram are all great places for me to be able to do that. I also love that um, it gives me a glimpse inside the lives of the young people that are in my current congregation. So um, I can see a parent's post and then be able to ask that young person about it when I'm at church on Sunday. And that engages that conversation at a whole different level. Um, but the pitfalls for me <laughs> are just, um, I tend to, you know, anything I post, think, twice or three times and then I have so I have everything drafted and deleted uh, probably 80% of the content that I come up with uh, so I spent a lot of time creating something that I don't ever put out there because I'm a little afraid of what responses might be or not be um, whether it's appropriate or not <laughs> and so then it that becomes this whole give and take of, of what should I have on there what shouldn't I have on there uh, is it really social if I'm the if I'm just lurking and everyone else posting uh, that give and take that you're trying to cultivate with that. And I'd say mine are very similar to both yours. I mean, just, I think of some of the people like from my high school that I'm still able to connect with and know what's going on in their lives when I don't normally, I would never would have had that opportunity without social media that's enabled to do that and, and family as well. Um, and I think just the information we're able to get in a healthy way um, in terms of what's happening with people. Um, I think it's issue like maybe significant events happen or maybe, uh, uh, crisis happened too that we're able to see and care for one another in ways that we wouldn't been able to in the past, um, and to have good information about it. And pitfalls, I think, very similar. I've I've de decided now too that uh, I can't remember. If, if I think it's just maybe through the operating system is that like I've got a time limit on some of the social media apps so that it actually will shut it down for the day, um, just because man, fifteen minutes can go quick when I open up Twitter and I start getting onto a topic and seeing how people are reacting to it. And all of a sudden I look at the clock, it's like, what just happened? And so I got to really watch that and be disciplined. And so I'm, I'm using the technology to help me use the technology um, so that I don't do that and keep things moving and, and not spend too much time on it. Because it can be like a, just a, a time black hole um, that can get away from me. So trying to always be disciplined that way. Yeah, Barna just released a book called Faith for Exiles where they shared that a typical 15 to 23-year-old uh, takes in on average 2,767 hours of screen media a year. Uh, that is an astounding number of, of hours per year dedicated to screen media. And that's not exclusively social media, but it does give us a, a marker for, for how infinite that scroll can be, a <laughs> black hole of, of, of just kind of scrolling uh, through can be. Uh, but we know that they also say that an average uh, typical 15 to 23 year old only takes in about 153 hours per year of spiritual content. And that's any kind of spiritual content. Uh, th that number increases a little bit for active Christians, uh, but but not nearly to the to the number that we're seeing of, of screen media hours. Uh, so we know the impact that those hours have, uh, and that the endless scroll has, and uh, we have to think about how that. Feeds um, our young people, how a disciples our young people, um, and how we need to approach that kind of content. Yeah, and social media isn't something that we're going to avoid anytime soon. Uh, so no matter how much you might not like TikTok or Facebook or Twitter, um, 
That's the way our young people are communicating and building relationships and getting information. Um, nowadays, that's how they're connecting with their teachers, their coaches, and you know their youth leaders and pastors. Um, so it's really important to just at least be knowledgeable of what's going on on this social media sphere. So one of the questions we hear a lot of is, is why should we be using social media for youth ministry? Where's that? What's the purpose of social media in youth ministry? I think one thing certainly easy to see is that uh, young people and even their parents are all on social media. Um, so it's an easy step for you to um, step into their lives a little bit, connect uh, with them outside of maybe your normal activities, whether that's Sunday morning, other times when you're getting together. Um, and so like I even look at it for us, uh, what a blessing it's been for us to have like our youth ministry group that we have that started as the gathering adult leader group, but we've kind of expanded that, that how we're able to connect with thousands of people and get feedback and be able to disseminate information that way. And so um, it's just a great way, again, that you can get connection, whether it's information, but then also relational too, when you're talking about smaller groups and people you see on a regular basis. And I think from running um, a couple of different spheres of public accounts, at least on Instagram, I know a lot of young people have started to kind of put their identity in their online clout. Uh, and it's really hard to understand and to speak to like their true identity in Christ if you don't know what's going on on their online space and their online um, quote unquote personality at some point, almost to the point where like, if they don't get likes, if they don't have followers, they started making spam accounts um, to, for the sole purpose of getting likes and posting pictures that maybe they don't want their parents to see um, or are not comfortable with their parents and posting words that they don't want their parents to hear them say. Um, so that's just like the world that they live in now, which is crazy to think of. Um, I can't even imagine trying to find my identity in like this red heart that just somehow like makes me feel good inside um, for no reason. Well, and there's just some interesting data out there about how every like as a dopamine hit and how that affects your brain chemistry. Uh, there's much smarter people who can explain it better than I can, but like certainly there's even brain chemistry, especially for young teens that happens when a post has a lot of different likes or or they're able to see um, people approve of things that they're doing or posting um, as they do that. Uh, and they're just a very curated generation. They have a very specifically curated content um, on their site. And so uh, it can really be a place where we can think about how are they framing that identity? How are they thinking about that? And how can we speak into that when God's word and God's uh, promises of, of our identity in Christ. Um, there's, there's not, I, there's not a ton of quality Christian content that I see on social media. <laughs> Hopefully there's a growing amount of that. I think as more, uh, more, uh, you know, youth ministries, church organizations are, are getting into that realm. We're seeing more of it. Um, but I just think every time uh, we are able to bring some of that into that space into that public square space that is social or social media it's a chance for somebody who might be able to see the gospel might be able to hear about jesus for the first time and and for god to work in and through that uh when we're active into that space especially in our youth ministry i, I appreciate it so much uh, and one of our recent lutheran youth fellowship uh, resources we did in trainings that we did um we did it about social media and basically how do you share the gospel um in that medium and it was one of the youth who said, I think we maybe are talking about a new vocation in our generation. 
and that vocation is as a social media user. And, and I think in part of their point was that there isn't a lot of positive stuff out there. So how do we be young people who are sharing our faith and sharing the gospel through this medium? Um, and so it was really cool to see them lead that way and to say like, this is, this is now a vocation for us. And it's, it's like something Meredith said, it's not going away. Um, and so how do we do that? And like I said, Juliana, to be able to have those opportunities to share the gospel um, through the different mediums that are there. Um, Meredith, this is really a question for you to help us out here is, what do you need to know to get started on a social media platform? Easiest way, give you a couple of steps. Um, first of all, with any social media, you've got to know who your audience is. Are you trying to reach young people? Are you trying to reach their parents? Are you trying to reach your congregation? Or are you trying to reach um, people outside of the four walls of your church? Um, so once you have decided that, each platform kind of talks to different audiences differently. Um, so once you pick that audience, then you can start curating um, what message you want to give, um, what those words look like and how you use the platform differently. Um, and then you kind of want to start getting into um, what kind of content do those audiences want to see? Um, do they want to see pictures of their youth night? Do they want to see pictures of um, like an upcoming event? Here are all the details. Um, you, so you want to get with their attention. You can spend a lot of time digging into any platform's um, algorithm of how to get on somebody's screen and how long it lasts and how many times they see it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of information on that. We don't have time in a 20-minute episode to dig into. Um, but there are, I mean, I think there are books written on Facebook algorithms. You can take classes on Facebook algorithms um, just to get in front of those people. But the main thing is knowing your audience and then crafting that message um, and crafting the message can be as easy as going off of what your church's mission statement is. And all of these platforms, I think is very perfect. like truly like uh, very visual, right? So thinking about keeping your messaging short <laughs> uh, to the point, um, this is not a, a, a thousand word post. It's a, it's, you know, it's a three or four sentences. Uh, how can it include pictures or video? Um, how can you make it interactive, right? So I think some of the, the best ways to get people to, to be able to see your post is to get them to interact with your post. Um, so those kinds of things are places uh, to start uh, to be able to think about how you, you, what kind of things you're gonna put onto your social media. And every platform offers something different. Twitter offers something different than TikTok, offers something different than Instagram, offers something different than Facebook. So really knowing which one you want to spend your time in and just kind of like really diving in on how can I use this platform to the best of my ability. Uh, I, maybe let's talk a little bit about platforms, right? There's a lot of different platforms uh, that we can be on. Uh, we asked in our LYF poll uh, just to kind of gauge like how frequently they use different platforms. Meredith, you mentioned a few of them. Uh, I was really surprised in a much different breakdown than we had in the 2016 gathering. The 2019 gathering really only had about 20% of young people who were checking Facebook daily um, uh, or multiple times a day, whereas we're seeing, uh, you know, 70, almost 75% of them checking Instagram at least a few times a day, um, upwards of, of over 80% checking uh, messaging and Snapchat um, at least several times a day. 34% um, of them say that they're checking Snapchat uh, 
almost constantly <laughs> uh, and, and a much higher percentage of them using uh, YouTube uh, than maybe we didn't ask that last year, but that was one that we saw a huge percentage of. Uh, actually, a fair bit that are on, um, on Twitter, a little less than Facebook there, but there's a ton of different platforms. So how do you, uh, how do you manage? Do we need to be on all of them? Uh, is it possible to be on all of them? Um, possible, but not recommended. Um, if your youth say that they're on Instagram, there is no reason you should make a Facebook page for your youth. Um, you don't have to be on all of the platforms. You'd, I'd rather people, you know, focus on the one and put a lot of energy and effort into that one um, because then information gets messed up and it's like playing the telephone game across social media platforms. Um, and you really want them, you want to be where the youth are. So if they are on Snapchat, that is probably where you should invest some time or at least understand what's going on on Snapchat. Um, like we mentioned earlier, there's like these spam accounts that uh, youth have made where they can post their like real pictures and um, all that stuff. So just being aware of what's going on on all the platforms um, kind of keeps the conversation relevant. Um, Juliana, you mentioned there's dancing on TikTok. It's kind of good to know that at least you know that there's dancing on TikTok. You don't have to know how to do the dance or know anything about it. But when your youth come up to you and say, hey, could you do this dance with us for a video? Um, you're at least kind of aware of what's going on. I did appreciate that TikTok curated for me uh, content uh, for uh, kind of middle-aged people trying to figure out how to learn the dances. Um, there was an <laughs> instructional TikTok from someone on it, which I appreciated. Um, I was like, how are people figuring this out? Um, so it took a little bit of the magic away, but it helped. Uh, so, I mean, but that's, I think, one of the pitfalls is trying to be on everywhere and not really ever creating quality content. So really focusing in on where you're going to be active, um, engage, creating quality content. What are some other pitfalls that youth leaders can run into with social media? I think a lot of times um, when I give presentations, I tell people, do not treat your social media as a bulletin board. And people are kind of like, what does that mean? Well, if you picture your church bulletin board, it's got, you know, sign up for altar flowers and there's a dinner on Wednesday night um, and it's just information overload. Um, and when people see that on social media, Juliana, like you mentioned, social media is supposed to be visual pictures and it's, it looks nice instead of just being this big info dump. Not saying that you can't have information, um, but don't make it look like a bulletin board. If you've got a dinner on Wednesday night, maybe you have a picture from last year's or last week's dinner to post instead, and then you can post the information in the, uh, in the description. And it just kind of helps people not scroll through. I know when I see a bunch of words on like Instagram, I'm like, I don't want to read this. I'm trying to scroll as fast as I can. Um, so just seeing something like visually appealing um, that makes people want to stop and read what you've posted will Leave the bulletin board stuff on the bulletin board in the church like hallway. Um, social media is for like visual, beautiful things and sharing your story and telling people like what's going on. Yeah, I think part of the thing we fall into is not telling, using it to tell stories, not using it in the social way that it was designed um, and instead making it kind of having an ad. Uh, other pitfalls that you see, Mark? I, th I think you've really hit on a lot of those. I, I, th I think someone, something that kind of you got to get right uh, with your audience is that piece of, uh, I guess, inundation and overwhelming. And so you've got to hit that right 
uh, testing that a little bit in terms of what's the right amount. But at the same time, I think to define well, too, when you're thinking about a church ministry or your whole church is where is the place people are going for the most current and accurate information so that your social media isn't conflicting with your website, that those are together or that you're just clear the website's going to have everything that is the most up to date um, so you don't have the conflicting messages happening between the two um, and that you're responding well to your audience and how you're trying to communicate to those mediums. I think one more to be careful of is, is just watching risk management when you're talking about social media, right? So Snapchat is one of those where uh, information does go away theoretically um, so that uh, you are making sure that you're taking the time to make it accessible to more than one person or that multiple people have access to maybe your account, especially if you're talking one-on-one -on -one with young people, just to, to make sure that you are um, that you're keeping records and that that communication is above reproach. I think one, uh, too, that maybe Juliana came out in our research with millennials, too, was um, maybe some of the messages that would get provided uh, would be stated maybe without intentionality sometimes about whether it's like a whole generation or a whole people group or about something to where sometimes it could be push people off pretty quickly, too. So I think you mentioned it about how often you edit comments. Uh, but there's something to say about that when we talk truth and Christian love is that are our, our, our comments, are our, our posts wrapped in that love, especially when I think when we're in ministry leadership positions um, to think about how is that communicating to our young people or to our church about them or about people they love. Um, and then also, what does it say about us as a Christian, too? So I think it always takes that extra for me. It's always kind of that extra review, maybe of what you're posting. And then if you're doing it um, on behalf of the church or your ministry, be thinking about that, too. So it, it makes us all, I think, better communicators. And so, I, you know, there's always that piece like, would you say this in front of someone else? And to be thinking it through that but let, as Christians, let's be doing that as well when we think of our social media platforms. So we, we've heard about some of the pitfalls maybe in using social media. Um, but we want to certainly go out on a good note. And we've stated a lot of the great things about social media too. So maybe just to bring together some of those things we've already talked about, but then also thinking specifically about your youth ministry. Meredith, what are some of the ways, again, that social media can really be a help to youth ministry? Yeah, um, I like to tell people that when you have something, if you are being Christ-like on social media and you are just so full of the Holy Spirit that you just want to share the gospel with people, if I share the gospel on my social media, that goes to 300 of my friends. Um, and if somebody on that really likes it, then it can go to 300 of their friends. And it just so quickly can multiply of how fast that you can share the gospel with people. And I really wish that when I was in youth group back in high school and middle school, that we would have had social media to, to connect with people because um, sometimes you don't want to wait until, you know, Sunday or you don't want to bother people with a phone call or a text. I just would rather be like, hey, um, I've got something. Can you pray about it really quick? And so I'm just really into those kind of like relationships and going back to social media of how um, how cool it is to create those relationships in between, you know, Sunday mornings. Um, it's a good place for people to learn how to be authentic. Um, social media has a lot of um bad rep to not be authentic and to face tune and to filter everything that you that is about you like god made you the way you are like be proud of it um and share that online and i just think that i think youth leaders and youth like among themselves have the ability to encourage those people to um you know share how god made them and share the good news that we know that we've learned through our baptism and i just think that's a really cool opportunity for youth yeah, and it's a chance to engage them in service and leadership, too. I mean, letting them 
uh, utilize the social media to be able to, to practice that vocation of being on social media and to share the gospel uh, in those ways and, and giving them some easy entrance points into how they can serve and lead through your youth ministry um, on those on those platforms as well. I love hearing from uh, whether it's uh, pastors or other youth workers who say like, eh, we pretty much just turned our youth ministry over to our, or our, excuse me, our social media over to our youth ministry got people. I mean, they're doing all the work. They're basically doing the post. They're telling us how to do it. They taught us how to get it started because it needed to happen. So that's really cool to hear that leadership quality come through. So where can I get help from trying to figure out how to do this, Meredith? Where do I go? <laughs> well, like Mark said, you can always ask youth in your congregation. Um, they're the ones using it the most. So why not go to the experts? Um, if you want to go online for some help, we have the LCMS Youth Ministry Facebook group that people can go to. Um, whether you're a DCE or just a parent or a volunteer, um, no dumb questions about social media in that group. And then another one is another Facebook group, I should say, is Lutheran Communicators. Uh, and that is exactly what it sounds like, a bunch of communication people in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, all trying to help each other, whether it be social media or websites or live streaming. Uh, they are some pretty decent experts, I will say. Another place you can go, there are tons and tons of tools that can help save you time. Uh, Canva. Canva has uh, saved many, approved many an hour. Um, it's a, a free tool you can use to design images to go on your social media. Uh, there's tons of different free or low-cost scheduling tools that you can come up with. So uh, often uh, sneak behind the scenes for, for some of us. <laughs> um, I use a lot of scheduling tools because I cannot uh, spend hours and hours a day on social media um, trying to produce content and make sure it goes up. So uh, there are some great ways for you to be able to pre-think when you have time available uh, to plan and schedule things out so that uh, content continues to go out even uh, if you are busy with other tasks. So in uh, some closing challenges for you as you think about uh, how you're going to utilize social media in youth ministry, um, think about how are you going to be using your existing social media. Uh, so thinking through what you already have in place and how can you evaluate what's going on there, maybe using some analytics or maybe just talking to folks in your congregation to see what you're doing well and how you might improve. Also, what are some social media platform or tools or idea you might want to try and how can you plan now to do it well? And then finally, how can you engage young people in the process of improving and engaging on social media? So they are there uh, all day, every day sometimes. <laughs> Uh, making sure that you are talking with them and engaging them as you think about how you are uh, engaging on social media as well. Uh, we will continue to keep you in our prayers as you reach out to your young people on social media and using other technology. We know that it's a big and difficult task, but uh, it can help your healthy youth ministry to engage young people and their families where they're at. And Gold's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.